Welcome, I'm Bill Young, the pastor at Sweat Memorial Baptist Church, and we are thankful you've joined us to listen to our weekly podcast. Through this sermon podcast, we hope to bring encouragement to your heart, help grow your faith, and inspire you toward a closer walk with the Lord. To learn more about our church, find us online at smbcwaycross.com or through Facebook and Instagram. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy the message. I thank each of these for sharing. I know that you are interested in knowing what's going on here. Let me make just a few follow-up comments here, and that is James said if you have trouble finding the Sunday morning worship service, give one of us a call. That does not include me, I want you to know, because it's a miracle when I'm able to pull it up. I don't navigate uh, those things very well, but it is very, very, very simple. Uh, Sarah left us some notes here and that the sermons of the last month, you can head to Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O, I have discovered that, and search for Sweat Memorial Baptist Church. For the podcast, which we now have probably four or five uh, that you can access, you go to Anchor FM, Spotify, or Google Play. Now, they may look at me real hard here right now, but the way that I've been navigating it is to Google Sweat Memorial and click on Facebook and just keep scrolling down and you see the little wheel that's loading, 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 and especially, and I'm pointing because Sarah is here and she's taking care of all this business, she's putting up nice graphics. So you'll see the, the, the beautiful graphic that said Easter, the beautiful one that said Palm Sunday. And after we record the sermon Friday morning, maybe she'll find something that will help identify uh, that. And Kelly mentioned the website. So uh, it does look very good. The website is very, very, very good. Uh, there was something else. Oh, the background checks. And that is one of the things while we're restricted here in the office is we have been taking care of our internal operations. And uh, one of them is the, the background checks. Uh, that's very serious. I don't want anybody to think that we have operated without background checks. We've had background checks going back at least 15 years. But uh, a new software program was loaded here not long ago. And uh, we talked, we worked with our church insurance company, Southern Church Mutual Insurance Company. We're following their protocol. And when children and youth start coming back, we want to be fully, fully up on the safety and the protection of our children. So give that uh, a real serious, serious consideration. For our devotion, you would think that we would have gone to it earlier than this. But that is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. And that is our devotional thought today. I don't have a title for the little devotion, but I would, I would simply say it's the church's response to the coronavirus, coronavirus crisis, the church's response. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, Solomon's temple is completed. Solomon has dedicated it. Solomon's prayer in there uh, to God is an incredible prayer. And in verse 12 of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 
the Lord appears to Solomon that night to tell him, I've heard your prayer. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I've heard your prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. And this is the verse we're all very familiar with. And I love verses that are very clearly conditional. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, then I will forgive their sins, and then I will heal their land. Four thought processes here, and I will just simply share them briefly. And that is, it's very clear here that when it begins, that condition of if, God is saying to Solomon, the Lord is saying to Solomon, if my people, which are called by my name. He's referring to the faithful of Israel. When we read this passage today, he's referring to the believers down through the ages and around the world who have a personal relationship with Almighty God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is referring to the church. So if we were to use kind of a uh, looser-like type version when it says, if my people, which are called by my name, it would say today, you know, if the church, if the church, meaning the body of Christ. We need to never underestimate the power that has been given to us. We don't have any power. We only have the power that God gave to his son Jesus and Jesus has given to us as his church. We look to the federal government. We look to all of our disaster relief agencies. We look to our World Health Organizations. We look into all of these areas, our medical expertise in the midst of this crisis, but let us not forget the role that we play. And that is, as Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, we're salt, we're light. He says, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, what good is it but to be trampled under the feet of men? Salt, we know, is a preservative. It brings out the best. And Jesus is telling the church, you're my people. You are to bring out the best in everything. You are to represent the best. And then he says, you're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. Who lights a light and hides it? And then he says, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify my Father in heaven. In the midst of this crisis, we need to be salt, which is power. We need to be light, which is hope and vision and direction. And in Matthew 16, when Peter confesses that you're the Christ, the Son of God, Jesus then founds his church and I love this phrase, and he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I like the commercials on television where well-known people say, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. And I use a phrase that's precious to my family and many others, and that is, God's got this. 
God has got this, and this too will pass. And so the church has a role here, and that role is to send out the word of hope, send out the love of God, send out the power that we're going to be okay. And then this is what we must do if we're going to be that type church. And these are parallel type phrases here. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. These go together. It is impossible to pray without humility. Humility is where we admit we need help. I need help. God, we need help. Thank God for what the government's doing. It just, it just aggravates me something terrible when I watch the briefings every evening and, and the media, is they're, they're just pick, 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 pick. They're not positive. They're not helpful uh, in, in, in a lot of ways. And I'm just like, you know, come on, folks. We haven't seen anything like this in 100 years. And I can hardly believe that we are facing something that has touched every part of the world, even the most remote places on our planet. This is an absolutely overwhelming situation. And we need to be crying out to God. Luke chapter 18 is that story of the two men that went into the temple to pray. One acknowledged himself as a sinner. The other acknowledged himself as a righteous person. And the righteous person thanked God that he was not like other people. But the poor sinner said, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And Jesus wanted to know, who went home? Who went home more justified? And the disciples said, the poor, humble, repentant person. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. I'm a simple person. And that is, I believe in wonderful studies on subjects that every one of us sometimes struggle with. For example, prayer, how to pray, what does prayer mean, you know, what should I say, what should I ask for. But I'm one of those people that I've done this all my life. And after a while, I boil down, I boil down teaching on prayer to one word. If you never read a book on prayer, if you never go to a school of prayer, if you'll remember this, the secret of prayer is sincerity. It is sincerity, crying out to God humbly from your heart. I don't know what the time is doing. We may be running, but we're just going live here. But I want to read you a little poem out of Jesus Teaches on Prayer by Ray Stedman. Uh, I just got a thumbs up from the uh, crew that I, uh, I can do this. But here is a prayer, uh, a poem on the proper way to pray. And it says, the proper way for a man to pray said Deacon Lemuel Keys, and the only proper attitude is down upon his knees. No, I should say the way to pray, said Reverend Dr. Wise, is standing straight with outstretched arms and wrapped and upturned eyes. Oh, no, 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 said Elder Slow. Such posture is too proud. A man should pray with eyes fast closed and head contritely bowed. Seems to me his hands should be austerely clasped in front with both thumbs pointing toward the ground, said Reverend Dr. Blunt. Well, last year I fell in a well. Head first, said Cyrus Brown, 
with both my heels a sticking up and my head a pointing down. And I made a prayer right then and there, the best prayer I ever said, the prayingest prayer I ever prayed, a standing on my head. So friend, if you want to know the secret of prayer, the secret of prayer is sincerity, humbly before God. The second phrase here is, if my people which are called by my name will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And you see the parallel here. It's impossible to do both. We cannot pursue a path of wickedness and seek God's face at the same time. There has to be a turning toward God. Jesus used an illustration and said, He who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom of God. So many are familiar with the story of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot's wife. And as they were fleeing the destruction of that wicked city, God had told them, don't look back. But Lot's wife, her heart was really into Sodom. And she looked back. She looked back. And at that point, God turned her into a pillar of salt. And that was as far as she got. I want to be careful here. I don't want to overly spiritualize or overly prophesy what we are dealing with here. Some are saying, you know, this is a sign of the end of the time, you know, or this is God's judgment upon us. And I'm not going to go so far as that. But I want to make you aware of the consequences of sin and that there are two general consequences of sin. One is the general consequence. And that is as a result of sin in the world, all of us at some time suffer because sin is loose in the world. The world is off balance. It's like a runaway train, and we all suffer for it. The Bible says it rains on the good and on the evil. This is why Rabbi Kushner wrote a very popular book, Why, why Bad Things Happen to Good People. And then another one was written, Why Do Good Things Happen to Bad People? That's just the world we live in. But there are specific results. If you go out today and purposely violate God's way and God's word, purposely violate it, there's going to be a price to pay out there, and you will have asked for that price. I know that the, the coronavirus is a result of a world that has sinned and has fallen outside of God's will. I'm not going to say it's a specific punishment on anybody, and most definitely I'm not going to say that it's a sign of the end of time. Jesus said only his Father knows that. But I do know this, that what we are experiencing is the result of a sinful world, and Jesus Christ is the answer. And it closes by saying, if my people who are called by my name will humble and pray, will turn and will seek, then... I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. My challenge here today is thank God for everything our government is doing. Thank God for everything our health care is doing. Church, are we doing everything that we can do in the face of this crisis? Let me close in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, may we be challenged and rallied right now that we are a part of the solution 
simply because sin is the problem and Jesus, you're the answer. You're the great physician. You're the healer. And I pray that we will humble ourselves and that we will seek your face and that we will be salt and we will be light and you will hear our prayers and you will forgive our sins. And oh God, that you will heal our land and how I thank you that you are a loving, merciful God who will heal the just and the unjust. Oh God, all over the world, deliver all of us from this pandemic. We praise your name. Forgive us of our sins in the name of Jesus. Amen.